0: Hello and welcome to Traffic Karma, the podcast that inspires you with tips on how you can deal with traffic in your life, literally or figuratively, and how to navigate it smoothly so you can pay it forward. In my last podcast, I introduced you to Jacqueline Mason, actor and active philanthropist who has created incredible initiatives to serve the communities around her, including Rock for Relief, Give360, and the Hope Project. And the importance of taking a stand and getting involved. This week, I'm excited to introduce you to Caitlin Cromit, millennial expert and author of How to Attract Millennials to Your Company. She will share her insights on millennials, how companies can attract and retain millennials, and advice for millennials in the workplace. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, happy to have you. Um, And just a quick story for the listeners, Caitlin and I recently met at the Small Business Expo here in LA and she has been working on a lot of cool things. And so today I really wanted to talk to her about uh, the term millennial and what she's been up to in this space and just more about what she's doing. So Caitlin, tell us more about you, you know, and also how you got into the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, of course. So basically, I graduated from Notre Dame two years ago. And I graduated with a degree in management, entrepreneurship and theater. And I recently moved out to LA to kind of pursue film and acting. Um, And I, I founded a nonprofit foundation when I was 15 and kind of have been expanding that ever since uh, through college and, and since I moved out to LA. And so I kind of had that going on as well. Um, and then I, I really got interested in the millennial generation and in speaking about it and to kind of connecting generations. And of course, being a millennial, I thought I would be able to speak a little better on the topic rather than some people who are speaking on different generations that maybe aren't part of that generation or something. I thought I'd have kind of more of a personal insight into it. And I figured since I' had started a couple businesses and I started a nonprofit, I kind of had that experience with millennials, with my own generation. And also with uh, other generations, so it kind of gave me that uh, perspective to kind of speak into into the millennials and how they work. So that's kind of a little bit about me uh, and how I got into this topic, so I'm really excited to kind of keep going with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool what you said there, the connecting the generations. I think that's so important. I think connection is so important right now, especially, you know, we've gone through a very interesting time in our country. Um, We have a lot of, you know, young and old, you know, people just wondering, you know, kind of what is the future. And so I think that connection piece is so key. And it's great that you saw that, you know, just need and you have that expertise. And congratulations, too, on, uh, you know, going out on your own at 15. That's probably pretty scary, and also amazing. Um, And I think one of the things, you know, we talk about on Traffic Karma is, you know, people really stepping outside their comfort zone and taking that road less traveled. So, you know, kudos Kudos to you on that front. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah. It's been a journey. And through my nonprofit, kind of a huge mission of that is connecting generations. So it kind of fit in really well to what I wanted to do.
0: Amazing. Amazing. All right. So you talked, obviously, about that connection piece. And I, I definitely want to carry that thread through because I think that's so important. And I think now it's more about what inspired you further, I guess, to become this expert or millennial expert as you position yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it was mostly when I was graduating college and, you know, everyone's getting into their first jobs and through senior year of college, we had a bunch of job recruiting events and things like that. And I just kind of saw a lot of my friends and a lot of the people I knew at my school who are very high achievers, most of them, they were really unhappy with kind of the selection that uh, was out there just because of the way that people were presenting these jobs to them
0: mm mm-hmm. Absolutely, and how do you feel that you're working around that, or what do you feel is is some ways that people can especially millennials that are getting out into you know this new work environment can can overcome that?
1: yeah, I think that's. I think it's really dependent on the recruiters and then also how the company is kind of presenting themselves to the millennials. So um, a lot of my friends, once they got into the companies, they either found that, oh, they're actually very different than how they presented themselves in a good way, Mm. or maybe that they weren't uh, exactly what they wanted, and then they would move on within a year or so. Yeah, Um, And so, yeah, yeah. So basically... Kind of making sure that those recruiters are representative of the company and also of the people that you're trying to get because, you know, kind of you're exuding your brand. um, And that's kind of a crucial thing for who you want and who you have and um, kind of keeping that company image that you're going for.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And um, at Heart and Soul PR, that's something that I work with a lot of companies on, Caitlin, in terms of right. that brand. And I think that's so important because your brand is what you are. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because I was watching a very uh, interesting segment. It was from a few weeks ago on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, but she talks to the CEO um, Jeff Wiener of, of of LinkedIn and, you know, really building, you know, up your, especially your millennial workforce as well. Um, just, you know, even your junior employees that are coming into the company, you know, there's a lot of things I think coming out of school that, you know, you haven't necessarily experienced in the real world. And one of those is that, you know, transparency you want to have with your employees, you know, so not so much, you know, overselling the job or overselling the company or the role, but really, you know, helping millennials or younger um, employees find their voice. And I think that's really important too. So I think this is a great segue into talking about mistakes companies make when it comes to attracting millennials or retaining millennials. And I think you hit part of that when you said, you know, being a representative of the the company, really exuding your brand and really walking the talk. Um, I think that's important, but what are some of the other mistakes you've seen or, you know, that has turned off some of your millennial friends?
1: Yeah. So, well, a a personal example that kind of comes with the last, uh, piece that I gave you there. One of my friends actually specifically said that she literally just chose her company at this recruiting session because they sounded the least like robots. Wow. And I guess a lot of the people were just kind of spewing out what they do for work, but they weren't really talking about their life outside of work. Mm. And I think that's huge for especially... Uh, my generation to kind of make sure that that there is a life outside of work. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, work, 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 and then go home and think about work more, but but rather you can kind of more integrate work into your lifestyle and also live your life and have that balance. So that's a huge thing that uh, companies – are I think coming to understand a lot more now is making sure that that work life balance is there and is very transparent for new employees and existing employees to see. Um, and then as far as retaining millennials, Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is just for companies to kind of understand that, that the millennial mindset is kind of that we want to grow and develop and learn all the time or else we're just going to kind of move on. So if a company wants to retain our loyalty at their, at their workplace, then it's crucial that, that we're kind of learning and constantly doing something new, which I think is great for the company as well, because you constantly want to be growing and developing as a company too. So it kind of fits right into that. Um, but just making it clear that, Oh, we don't want you guys to be at a standstill. Um, and that goes for any employee at the company, but rather you're always developing, you're always learning your skills and then we're more likely to stay.
0: Absolutely. I think that's so important, like you said, across the board. And I think that is why you probably see so much transition, especially in the early parts of people's careers. I was actually at my first PR firm for seven years, which people were so just uh, surprised (laughs) by because, you know, they're like, wow, you know, just the newer generation, like they don't want to stay. And I think it's not about that. I think it's to your point, like, where can you continue to learn and grow? And if the company's for, forward thinking and they're looking for those opportunities as well as you know maximizing the talents of their employees which i think is super important you know in addition to that growth is like where are your skill set like what are you bringing to the table recognizing that and you know really helping provide those opportunities because that's really what great leaders do is see those skills and um help you know their employees cultivate them um so okay i'm gonna just throw a hard ball at you really quick caitlin and i (laughs) actually had the opportunity to sit On a millennial panel, um, uh, back in the day, this was when I was working for my first PR company, Porter Novelli, and we were kind of, I was kind of put on the hot seat um, in this room with all these executives and they're like, well, millennials are entitled, you know, and they feel like they just deserve everything. And we're from the school of, you know, we had to work for everything. So I just want to get your sort of just candid thoughts on that statement. And, um, you know, I think, as you say, you're talking about bridging the gap or connecting the generations. So, you know, what, what, what would you say in response to that?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I hear that so often because that seems to be like our reputation for some reason. Um, and I would really just kind of say that I, especially with the people that I grew up with and that I've worked with that I have really not found that to be true. And I think it just kind of depends on, um, the way you're looking at our generation. And it seems like most of us are even more hardworking, but that we work kind of on our own schedules. So maybe you see us as an, entitled because we are not wanting to work, um, I don't know, nine to five as you know as much as possible, but rather we actually work at home and we work before we go to work because we're just mm-hmm. kind of always on the clock in our minds. Um, so it, it just depends on the perspective that you're taking, I think. And um, it it is interesting to me because i through a bunch of research that I've done, it's just incredible how much millennials kind of care about um, being part of something that's changing the world in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and, and even just like in their company and doing something, at work, they want to make sure that that is having some sort of contribution to society and to the world, which a lot of people don't think when they say, oh, millennials are very selfish and things like that. But we're actually doing more volunteering and more service than any other generation. Um, But we're just doing it in our own ways. And so it's not necessarily through the company, you know, volunteer day, but rather (laughs) it's like on our own time on the weekends, we actually just want to go to the dog shelter and, you know, walk some dogs because that's what we, that's what we're passionate about. So it's, it's just different. I think it's different for people because the mindsets have changed so much that just because it's so different, they're not. other generations can't understand that um, maybe it's not that we're entitled, but it's just that we're different.
0: I like that. I think that's a really, really good statement that you made there. And I think it's all about that evolution too, because, you know, even in the PR industry, it's something now where you look at the tradition of media print and now, you know, social media. And so it's just like anything where, you know, with any new generation or new ways of working, you know, there's always going to be different things are going to have to. I don't even want to say get used to, but learn how to work with and adapt with and grow with in any business. And I think that goes across the board for businesses because again, it sort of goes back to what you said about that not having that standstill, but really developing. And and I think that's a great way to, you know, look at it. Um, and I think you right. you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to that too. And, you know, that's one of the things too for me that was really important in starting my own business. Um, you know, as as you guys know who are listening, Heart and Soul PR was really birthed out of frustration um with the corporate world, but more about empowerment. Um, for really helping build up small business owners and brands who didn't have access to PR services because they were mostly, um, priced out, you know, those opportunities. And so that's just an example of, you know, why I created heart and soul and why I love the work that you're doing Caitlin, because I agree. It's so important to really, um, think about, you know, what is your contribution to society and the world? And, you know, as we grow um, with business and in life, um, you know, people really want to feel purposeful about Mm -hmm. their work that they're doing. And to your earlier point of that work-life balance, it's not all just about the clock, because at the end of the day, you know, that's not going to fulfill you. Um, but right. if you're growing, and you're helping shape the future of an organization or your personal brand, then, you know, I think we can really, you know, help find or you can really help get closer to your, to your purpose and what you're called. And maybe that is going to be the next stepping stone to that next job once you've learned something, you know, um, which I think is really cool, too. So great, exactly. Great uh, information, too, about the, the volunteering piece. I wasn't aware of that stat, So it's cool, the research that uh, you've done on that piece. So um, I think, um, you know, one of the other questions, you know, on the flip side is not only, you know, how we've talked about employers or recruiters can attract millennials, but on the flip side of that, what advice do you have for millennials, you know, seeking employment or their next job opportunity?
1: yeah I think uh, the advice that I have is just to kind of be open to what the companies that you're going that you're going after so maybe if the recruiting session isn't exactly what you wanted but you go into the workplace you go examine the workplace culture and actually once you d- dive a little deeper it might seem a little more along your lines and it might seem like something that you could that you could hang on to and I would say just kind of be looking for a place that matches who you are um, as a person because that huge that you want to fit into your workplace culture and and you don't want to change yourself to fit in there and you don't want them to change to fit you so mm-hmm. it's kind of to find that important you know, with the with the culture itself rather than simply the job because you're going to be there, uh, you know, a lot of your time. So you want to make sure that you can kind of fit in there um, and that you're in just a collaborative, communicative environment. Um, and I think that's huge because a lot of companies are obviously very flexible and want to engage their employees. So so finding a place that will actually be open to that and you can actually speak to your manager and supervisor mm-hmm. without, you know, scheduling an appointment 10 weeks in right. advance or something. <laughs> um and just being able to kind of have that open door policy, I think is huge. Um, but, yeah, I would just kind of say sticking to to who you are um and making sure that you find a place that fits fits you so that you can have more likeliness of staying there for a long time, which is I think what we all truly do want is to find a place where we want to stay, um, but that that will also allow us to stay in terms of what what we need out of out of the the company and out of the job.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, on the flip side of that, i um, curious on your thoughts on this because this actually has happened to me before I launched my own company. And, and I think it's easier once you've been in the industry, you know, a long time and you've seen what's out there. And, you know, it's almost to that point that you made earlier of what is your brand, um, the company and how you're representing your company. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, um you know companies do represent themselves you know more than they are um and you know it's it seems like a wonderful place but then you know when you're in the environment you're really seeing something different so what would you say um you know because i think then the the flip side of that too is Well, if it's not right for me, right, what do I do, right? Because you also, I think, want to balance like, oh, I don't want to jump ship too soon. I want to, you know, give this a chance. But also, you know, I have to think about where I'm going to be happy and successful. So how would you just advise in that sort of situation?
1: Yeah, I think I would advise to to communicate, you know, to your to your manager, to your supervisor, that that maybe you're not happy or you're not aligning with the values that are that are at the company um, and things like that. Because, like I said, I think they they would be open to that um, if if they were actually approached with it. Because I think a lot of them actually say that they're not approached with these. Uh, the negative things that people are, their employees are experiencing at the company. And and if they were, then maybe they would have a chance to do something about it. Um, And I even know several of my friends who are looking to leave their companies, but they haven't even mentioned it to anyone at their company Mm -hmm. that they're unhappy. Um, And I think that's huge because giving them a chance to kind of correct. And if they don't correct, then maybe, you know, maybe it's not right. Right. Or maybe you can even kind of take it upon yourself to maybe be a little more entrepreneurial and Mm -hmm. maybe propose like, a new, uh, you know, a new segment of the company, or a new group, or a new. I know one of my friends who's really happy at her company proposed that they actually have like a nonprofit or a millennial council at their at their mm. company, and so that really. And then that hit home with one of the managers, and they let her kind of get started on that, and in that way, she was able to kind of start her own part of her company in her own way, and cool. I think that really kept her. Kept her really engaged, obviously for a long time because she felt personally responsible for the success of that segment of the company. So I would say to just kind of you know mention it first um, before before jumping ship, just to see if anything is done about it, um, and and that's the best way to tell if it's somewhere you want you can stay for a yeah. long time.
0: Absolutely, that's great. Um, awesome. So all of this is captured or a lot of this conversation, which is really cool, because if you want to learn more, I want to tell the listeners about a book that you've written, which is super exciting. So congratulations. Um, Tell us more about your book and what inspired you to write it.
1: Yeah, so I decided that once I was doing all this research and I was getting really interested and passionate about this topic, uh, that there was so much information out there, but to kind of compile it all and and to add different perspectives to it and different um, you know notes to it that that I might have versus someone else that uh, I, that was really important to me. And even though it's never really been you know a dream or goal of mine to write a book, uh, but this this came up and I decided that I might as well try and start, see where it goes um, and see if I can actually finish a book. And it turned out that I did. And it, I'm really excited about it. It's my first book ever. And it's on this topic that I'm super passionate about. And I figured that if I want to get out there and I want to start speaking to more companies and speaking to more groups to, to make this topic more uh, more of an open conversation out there, that this is important to kind of have something to that people can follow up on with a book and have to check in on uh, if they're having an issue with something. So that's kind of how I got started with it. And I'm really excited and hoping that it, that it's able to help a lot of people.
0: Awesome. Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and where can people uh, learn more about the book or buy the book?
1: Yeah. So it's actually on Amazon right now. Um, it's called how to attract millennials to your company and actually keep us is the subtitle of that. Um, and it'll be up on my website soon, which is just Caitlin Um, so you can buy it on either of those places.
0: I love it. Well, Caitlin, I am so excited you were able to join us today. Are there any other projects or anything else in the works or anything that we didn't touch on today that you just wanted to share?
1: Um, I think we covered most of it, but I do want to mention a big part of my book is kind of showing the this connection between millennials and, for example, the baby boomers, these older generations above us. That people think that maybe there's absolutely no connection there and they'll never work well together. But I found through a lot of my research that it's actually uh, kind of a match made in heaven between the baby boomers and the millennials coming into these companies because the millennials are actually looking for a mentor, and that's something that they want. And these boomers are looking to impart their wisdom that they've gained throughout all their years working with someone. So I think if people just kind of open their minds to that concept that that there is a huge factor of compatibility there, I think it could be really huge for companies and have boomers and millennials working together uh, better than ever. So I think that's something that I really touch on in my book um, that I hope people can understand and we can help make workplaces happier for everyone.
0: I love that. So great. It's so great. Um, And I think that That's so important. Um, And I wouldn't have thought that. So definitely pick up a copy of Caitlin's book. Um, Go check that out. Go check out her site. And um, how can people find you on social?
1: Um, My name, Caitlin Cromit. My Twitter is Kate Crom, so C-A-I-T-C-R-O-M. So basically just searching my full name on anything will find me.
0: Excellent. Well, be sure to follow Caitlin, check out the book. And thank you so much again for taking the time to join us and share all this great great wisdom about the millennial generation and, um, for all the work you're doing, congratulations and looking forward to hearing about all your upcoming endeavors and more success with the book and everything to come.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this was helpful to someone out there.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Have a great one.